It is Wednesday, July 20th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. Tom, it's really hot outside. Wicked hot. Hot in the world. Uh, hot in Western North Carolina. Yes. I, I, I had to park right around the corner from the studio and walked up the hill just a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit. I'm perspiring. <laughs> Can I get inside? Where it's... Can we get a cooling break? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're three minutes in. Yeah. Can we get a cooling break? Exactly. We've got Fran the intern. Fran, go get us some drinks. <laughs> we don't treat you like that, Fran. No. Yeah. So uh, here it is. It's high summer. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later with uh, returning guest Liddell Shannon about women's soccer and lots of things that are happening in the world of women's soccer. And uh, we're going to talk about some baseball right off the top. So, yeah, it, it is July. Um, is, is your family happy that... Like there's not the squeaking of the basketball shoes and uh, and then Wimbledon taking you away or what's happening with the sports in your household? Uh, there's still an amazement that from my wife that <laughs> there's always some sport yes. on at some point. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I, I greatly confused my wife the other night. So uh, Monday night, something we're going to talk about mm-hmm. was the, the home run derby. It was the yeah. it's the Major League Baseball's uh, All Star Game break. And so, but I sort of waited until uh, it was over. Uh, that way, you can sort of play because it's so mm-hmm. long. It is. I do enjoy it, but uh, I just like to be able to fast through the things that aren't are you hitting or not. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, hot night. She, uh, so she wasn't sleeping well, so she kind of got back up and you know sat on the couch. It was just really about an hour. She's like, "What is this?" <laughs> Why are they throwing the same pitch? Over? They're not even trying to get the guy out. Kind yeah. of thing. And I was like, well, I appreciate you noticing that. But yes, this is the home run derby where they're uh, intentionally trying to pitch it to the same spot every time. So the guy can have like, does, isn't that sort of against the idea of it? It's like, not in this case. Yeah. Like in this case, it's not defense. Right. Yeah. There's no defense. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, there's, there is always a, like to yeah. turn the corner and there's some sport on. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> in, our, in our household, it's more we're sort of counting down the days until uh, the bills are back. Yes. Um, so that's kind of the way like we're getting closer to NFL. Like, uh, you know, the rookie showed up at mm-hmm. training camp and uh, I did hear I think this was yesterday that there was 50 more days until the bills and Rams kick off yeah. um, the season. So, uh yeah, we're getting a little bit excited about the season. Uh, football does like to really announce its impending arrival. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think you you coined this a few years ago. I don't think we're within the gravitational pull of uh, the NFL season, but we're getting pretty close. Uh, but yeah, but some of the readings are being adjusted. <laughs> yeah, yes. they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's an odd yeah. activity yeah. Uh, within the space time continuum. Yeah, uh, but I'll use it as a chance. We often will open the show with a kind of a, did you watch the game? Yeah. So there's a couple things, but we'll start with the the All Star Game, and it's 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 two uh, options. So either the Home Run Derby or the All Star Game itself. Did you uh, watch any of that? Neither. Um, I it is it's a weird thing for me. I used to love the All Star Game. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this on uh, on the show before. As a kid, I loved it because it was an opportunity to see players I never got to mm-hmm. see. Because growing up, when we did, when there was limited baseball on television, right. you know, so it was like just seeing 
you know, uh, like Ozzie Smith was a big deal who played shortstop for the Cardinals or like just seeing the Padres uniform, Mm -hmm. like being worn by somebody, you know, like I loved it. And so I I think some of the specialness has gone out of it for me. And I'm just speaking. I'm not trying to cast aspersions on the sport in general, though we might get into that a little bit today. Mm -hmm. But like, I I just don't have the same pull for it that I have before. I was like, oh, the All-Star Game's on. uh, Okay. You want to watch Only Murders in the Building. You know, like, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. And also, so I'll say this, that I also saw that they're not wearing their own uniforms anymore. And I used to love that, like, you know, introduction with the tip of the hat. Now they're wearing these kind of generic National League jerseys. And I'm like, I don't know if I love it. Well, they're wearing consistent uniforms that do have the, the mm, team yeah. uh, logo on them. Yeah. So it's not just National American. Yeah. It is still uh, the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, but on sort of a white with a kind of a light silver yeah. version of, of it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the, the American League were all wearing sort of a, a darker, yeah. uh, almost Chicago White Sox throwback <laughs> mid 80s yeah. kind of look. Yeah. Um, but I get you. There's not as much uh, yeah, team identification. And also yeah. with uh, the idea that teams all play each other at yep. some point, you know, uh, blending the leagues and all that kind of stuff it's not like wow that's what a seattle mariners uniform looks like yeah. <laughs> i mean we used to have yeah. that you know yeah so so is that so i think the unique quality of it kind of disappeared for me but did you did you get a chance to see it uh i i did uh so i shared it mm-hmm. d- did watch the the home run derby i think if, if i can control the pace at which i watch it I, i'm okay with right. it uh i thought that there was sort of an, an interesting dynamic so there was uh, right we have eight players mm-hmm. uh, six eight eight yes um and i think like five of them were dominican um mm-hmm. uh, which was great and again just the energy and again thursday mm-hmm. uh but then there was a pete alonzo and Corey seager mm-hmm. and there definitely was as they did this sort of introduction as they kind of come out on the platform to start kind of thing and the latino guys are like that's like handshakes and yeah. hugs and everything and then pete alonzo and Corey seager were definitely like the other two. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there was just a different energy. And yeah. uh, at most, there was just sort of a head nod. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just thought, like, hmm, this is interesting how this is uh, sort of playing right. out. I think those two guys are also particular. Pete Alonso is an, is an odd fellow. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of, again, and he really gets into, you know, mm-hmm. he's the two time defending champion. Um, so he really takes it very seriously so mm-hmm. i know he's he's not necessarily yuck yuck uh, about it but so maybe everybody was kind of like oh, we'll just give pete alonso his <laughs> yeah, space yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just sort of uh you know that that was just but uh what when it is uh going well it it, it is exciting to watch when yeah. you get around and uh all right he's gonna need seven in the mm-hmm. next 45 seconds and something mm-hmm. the guy finds a way to to find the groove and do so it, it can be a very compelling watch yeah it's baseball's three-point contest yes yeah um and then uh the all-star game i did see this you know i i enjoy the stats and i've got some good ones this is a little bit more lore so for the all-star game albert pujols played yes. in it he ended up playing so he's played now in an all-star game against a player born in 1960, Cal Ripken Jr., and a player born in 2000, Julio Rodriguez. Right. So in all-star games. That's awesome. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, there's always attempts to how can we make these events mm-hmm. more accessible, more interesting. So I thought they did a very cool thing 
that they call it the legacy selection, mm-hmm. maybe or otherwise, where yeah, uh, Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera yep. were um, you know selected to their uh, respective teams, National American League, and it was just cool. Like mm-hmm. yeah, of course, you know, again, maybe this is the last time they'll have a chance to mm-hmm. do that. So I think. Yes, I understand there is somebody somewhere having a great season on some team that you've never heard about. And other. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, kind of want to see Pujols. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I thought that was a cool thing they did. And they even added uh, Albert Pujols to the home run derby. Yeah. Um, and he actually got past the first round. And you could tell all the players were sort of rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, when he was sort of – yeah, he had a nice introduction uh, about uh, – uh, the, the the young player you just mentioned, yeah, Julio Rodriguez, right. yeah, uh, and he's like, oh man, you're gonna make me cry, like yeah. you are the hero, yeah. and you're saying how excited you are about my career and otherwise. So it was all very cool. Um, so again, you know, things to make the game more accessible, very mm-hmm. cool. Also, they had a lot of players mic'd up, mm-hmm. and literally the guys in the booth are talking, having a conversation yeah, I, I did with see the pitcher that and the catcher. Happened to be the yeah. pitcher and catcher from the Yankees, yeah, um, uh, Nelson, uh, and um, yeah. and her, um, uh, so again, it was all <laughs> yeah. pretty interesting. Like, I can't believe this is going on in the game, you know. And I can see mm-hmm. how some people might be annoyed if then he gave up a three-run home run. <laughs> or like, why are you talking to <laughs> right. the? Guy? But anyways, so things to make the game just much more interesting and accessible. Mm-hmm. Yay. And then there's sometimes like, what are you doing? Like, for example, yeah. we talked about the, the, the national anthem for the Home Run Derby mm-hmm. was uh, sung by a YouTube music mm-hmm. star uh, called Conan Gray is his name. Um, I believe uh, Asian American. And again, very popular mm-hmm. to that demographic. But he, he did not. It's a very tough song. Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's, it's a pressure moment. Yeah. But it was. Just it was it was not uh, a moment where you go like I do enjoy my country's anthem, <laughs> and you sort of went, "Who is this guy? Who picked this guy?" Which yeah. is so not fair to him. Right. But I think they do it like, "Oh, because now younger people right. will tune." It's like, is is that the moment? Mm-hmm. Is that the moment to sort of make baseball more interesting to young people by picking someone who just wasn't wasn't ready for that? And even the the national anthem for the game itself wasn't much better with Ben Platt from <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen, I guess. Yeah, I got uh, you know. So yeah. I'm like. And you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, right. Like, uh, I know entertainment. Yeah, this is your thing. You always are like, use the musical artist from the city that you're in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I understand. Maybe he is from yeah. there. But it, it, that, that was just, uh, and again, um, just to see kind of the baseball players sort of like with a hat, you know, mm-hmm. over their chest, kind of looking down. All of a sudden, they're sort of looking at each other <laughs> yeah. like, what, what happened? Are we supposed to <laughs> comment on Did this? Did someone lose a bat? Yeah, yeah right. Um, so I just, yeah. like, yay for making things. How cool. Like, they are bringing mm-hmm. back the uh, the baseball game in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, for, yeah. Yeah, the uh, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. They're doing that again this year, this time with the the, the Reds and the, somebody. Um, so uh, all, uh, very cool. Again, some things to like, yes, that's going to make somebody watch. And then, so, yeah, but maybe... Not like, hey, let's choose a musical artist to represent mm-hmm. some kind of demographic that is kind of separated from mm-hmm. sports in an attempt to bring this up again. It, it ends up having the opposite effect, which is now we really, really don't like Dear Evan Hansen or uh, yeah. whatever that well, may be. Well, yeah, and it's also like, remember that it's a celebration of the sport of baseball, yeah. not necessarily like, let's bring in new people to our sport. Right. Like. Do that during the World Series. Like, let's get like really competitive, mm-hmm. good things. But like, All Star Game can be a celebration of the sport and the reason why people are there. So, speaking of reason why people are there, did Otani both pitch and bat in the game? Do we? Uh, did that happen? I I don't know. 
I, do, I don't believe he pitched. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong. He did bat. Yeah. Uh, got on and then got picked off. Oh, uh, that's so pretty exciting. By yeah. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and again, Otani wasn't even necessarily planning to run. He, his his yeah. gloves were still in his pocket. They made yeah. a point of that. Um, so I think he didn't even think that he was at risk of being picked off, but Kershaw's got a pretty strong pickoff. And so that was just a fun way to, to start the game with Kershaw you know, pitching in LA and everything like that. I, so I bring it up because he, I, I mean, I don't know if we have done <laughs> enough to talk about we haven't. Uh, Otani uh, on the thing. So I have this. So, um, and just quick point of reference for anybody yeah. know. So he's yeah. a player for the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Los Angeles Angels, who is uh, both a, a, a great pitcher and an outstanding hitter. Yeah. Um, so usually, again, that's something called the designated hitter. <laughs> yeah. Usually, somebody hits for the pitcher yeah. because pitching's hard enough. Don't don't make them have to have to have to bat. Um, but he says, uh, "No, thank you. I, I will hit for myself." Or he'll just be a designated hitter. Yeah. Without being, and he's incredible at both. They rec- they compare him to Babe Ruth, and people point out, "No, Babe Ruth was a good pitcher." Sure. Yeah, and, and then the, sort of switch to hitting. Yeah. They didn't really do them at the same time, except for maybe like two months. And uh, uh, right, and so and right, Babe Ruth. But what's uh, what's incredible about it is just being able to do both right. is incredible in and of itself. But he's great at both. <laughs> yeah. So here is the stat that I saw. So uh, he has as a batter. The highest slugging percentage with runners in scoring position in the last 50 years in Major League Baseball. (laughs) As a pitcher, his opponents have the lowest slugging percentage allowed with runners in scoring position within the last 50 years. So that is just – so not only (laughs) is he able to do both. He is the best at both of those yeah. things, you know, uh, like really when it counts. And um, and it really is. And, and so we've talked about baseball and here is an amazing player playing in Los Angeles and he's not like on every television. So, right. you know, so that's it, what I would say. Yeah. Find a way to do a, a, an extended profile on him. And I do think younger viewers and people mm-hmm. who even made not care that much about baseball would appreciate Wow, seriously? And he's also just handsome and charming yeah. and affable. And, you know, so he's just got a lot of things that you, you can offer. So just take a little time to what we're trying to do now. Let people <laughs> yeah. know, like, I don't know if you understand what he's doing. It's just, yeah, just like you said, it's remarkable that he's doing both. But the fact that he's doing it better than some yeah. have for a half a century uh, is just insane. And, uh yeah, and I compared it to you when we texted that, like, the stats that get thrown around are like that old Bill Bratsky sketch on, you know, SNL. Like, I saw Bratsky take down two lumberjacks just by picking his teeth, you know, or whatever it is. I saw yeah. Shohei Otani. Yeah, exactly. So it's becoming Strike that. out 13 guys and have eight RBIs in the same game, exactly. which he did. Yeah, yeah. and it, these things are happening, and yeah, so... Uh, sorry, I should have pulled up a Bill Brasky um, <laughs> thing fine. just to get one of them. But uh, he's doing it. Yeah, yeah he is. Yes. Uh, so yeah, and the All Star game was was mostly entertaining. It was it was a three two, um, with two home runs coming from the the American League side. So uh, Giancarlo Stanton had another mm-hmm. one of those. I'm just gonna angrily like whip <laughs> my yeah. bat at the ball, and it doesn't even like, yeah, like the the. the the angle that it comes off the bat is like seems like it just goes should go straight into the ground the way he just like uh, but instead it just flies and flies um and then 
Yeah, followed up by another home run right after. So uh, entertaining. My other thing with the uh, All-Star Game, I guess, again, I'm happy for, yeah, there is a, a, a pitcher from, you know, the Royals or whatever, like mm-hmm. getting some time. But it uh, you tend to play the better players mm-hmm. in those first two, three mm-hmm. innings. And then let's let the other. I was like, yeah, but now it's the ninth inning where it should count. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. Who's this guy know. who's deciding what yeah. the home yeah. field advantage for the World Series is? This guy? Uh, Didn't they get rid of that rule? Did they? I think they did. But uh, I, we can check One that. thing that didn't yeah. come up that they did institute, which is if it had gone to extra mm-hmm. innings, they would have gone to a home run derby off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they picked three players from each team in advance of the game. Well, I kind of so, want to see that. I know. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it was weird. They were talking to one of the players, again, mid-game. Uh, and even though they were up 3-2 at the time, it was like, uh, uh, would you be upset if it went to extra innings? He's like, uh, honestly, no. That'd be kind of fun. So Then it becomes like hockey. Yes. Get a shootout. Uh, so, again, so, some good additions. But I would say uh, with all of this, uh, I watched it because I was hungry for sport because this weekend should have been the World Cup finale. That's right. So if things were on a normal schedule, we would have been watching the the, the finals of the of the, the, the Men's World the Cup. The Men's World Cup. Um, but instead, because of um, uh, some choices that were made <laughs> to have it be played in Qatar, uh, uh, it will not be until uh the end of november yeah which is it kicks just off the friday crazy. there was a commercial for it sort of like with santa complaining that they're, like they're getting in on our time that i was like ah, wait that is not funny not till the end of november can't believe we have to wait that long so that was a little bit of uh, i was just trying to feed that hole that should have been um <laughs> spilled over with world cup coverage it was fun talking some baseball, but we're going to shift over to the world of soccer, specifically women's soccer. And when we do, we like to bring in a now old friend. We can say this. She's our senior women's soccer correspondent. Yes. It's Liddell Shannon. Welcome back, Liddell. Woo-hoo. I am delighted to be back. Welcome back. We love having you here. I need to say right off off the bat, we need to uh, send out a shout out to your lovely wife, Robin Leonard, who kind of gave me a little heads up (laughs) a couple weeks ago, texted me, and she was like, hey, I think it would be great if Liddell came back on your radio show. She she is one of my my favorite supporters and she's the best and she I'm sure is tired of hearing me talk all the time about women's soccer. So. She she never said it like that and it was more like I'm just listening to Liddell talk to her dad and I think she is great on the radio. She was just an advocate. So and it is true because we we have uh, some really topical things that we need to talk about with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, they uh, won the CONCACAF Championship um, on Monday. Late Monday night, yes. one nothing against Canada with a penalty shot by Alex Morgan. And so um, let's sort of back up in terms of the CONCACAF Championship. Were you feeling good about this tournament for the U.S. women's team going into it? I was feeling good about before the tournament started. I was like, we got this. This is this is the U.S. women's national team. We're first in the world. Like, right. like Canada's maybe, you know, number six ranked. And, and then we play like Haiti. And Haiti punches above their weight class. Mm. Like we we did not play our best soccer against Haiti or against Panama Oregon's Mexico, we barely beat them. We mm-hmm. were already qualified for the World Cup at that point, um, and they hadn't won a game yet. But like, 
we we did not play our best soccer until that game Monday night versus mm-hmm. Canada. And yeah. so I was a little nervous. I was talking to my dad, and um, the coach, Vlatko Andonovsky, has been head coach since 2019 and has done exceptionally well minus the Olympics last summer mm, right. um, where it was we were shocked by Sweden and just got – just trounced on. I think that's the last time we yeah. talked to you. Yes. Yes. Canada, <laughs> yeah. Canada beat us, you know, similarly to how we just beat them on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the two losses under our current head coach were both in that Olympics. Mm-hmm. It was Sweden and Canada. Um, and so I was, like, talking to my dad this weekend, and he's like, all right, you know, what do you think? Like, do you think the U.S., you know, will they be challenged by Canada? And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. The Canadian national team didn't just win the Olympics because they had some lucky breaks. Mm -hmm. Like, they played really well. They've got a ton of players who play pro soccer in Europe and in the United States. And and they really, I think for the first time ever, kind of believed that they could beat the United States. Um, And the commentators before the game were talking, this is the 63rd meeting between the U.S. and Canada and and we had only lost to Canada, I think, two or three times wow. in those 63 meetings. And so um, to play them and to to play our best soccer of the tournament was really fun to watch. Yeah. Just for a, a situation. So uh, CONCACAF involves uh, countries from uh, – North, Central, and South America? It's North, Central America, and the Caribbean. It's not South America. So no, no, no South America. Yeah. So we, you know, the the there's eight teams in the tournament. USA and Canada both are the, the you know, kind of go-to teams of mm-hmm. your group, and it's four teams per group. And so um, Canada played, I think, Costa Rica, and I can't remember who else. But we, we played Haiti, Panama, and Mexico, and Canada played... Trinidad and Tobago, Panama, and, and and both teams, like, dominated. Canada and mm. U.S. did dominate until, like, U.S. played Mexico, and we were like, ooh, okay, yeah. you know. like And Mexico <laughs> had everything on the line because if they lost in that game, which they did, they are no longer, like, that they have to fight tooth and nail to be eligible for the World Cup next summer. Right. And so Mexico, who hosted that tournament, was really, like, kind of shocked by Haiti getting beat in their first game. Yeah, so they I'm I'm bummed that Mexico will not will not advance to the World Cup stage. Um but really proud of how the US did and and also continue to be impressed by Canada. And you said uh, we got to see each other um last week, I believe it was, and you were kind of saying that this is like a a sort of mixture of two different um sort of spirits within the the u.s women's national team uh sort of like a changing of the guard we're like some of the older players are still there but they're kind of transitioning out for the younger players and hopefully the sort of next generation of stars right and i think i think the players that we loved from the 2019 world cup Mm. um who are still on the team are still playing lights out Mm -hmm. you've got megan rapino you've got alex morgan You've got Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, Emily Sonnet, Rose Lavelle, mm-hmm. and Lindsay Horan. Like you've got this core group of, of veteran players, but there's like nine of them, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're like, okay, that core group is, you know, part of your team. You have 23 on your roster for this World Cup qualifying tournament, and there's a bunch of new players who are, you know, age age 20. Trinity Rodman. Mm-hmm. You've got like 22 year old Sophia Smith. You've got like a bunch of your 
now, you know, major goal scorers are below 23 years of age. Mm-hmm. Like they are phenomenal players and super fun to watch. And they're, they all play for the, um, in the National Women's Soccer League mm-hmm. here domestically. And so they, you know, like as a fan, I've been watching these players, you know, kind of be rookie of the year mm-hmm. in the, in the U.S. League and, and kind of watching them come up. And some players are fresh from college, some players forego college and go directly into, like you know, kind of club level pro soccer in the world, and so then then as a as a fan who really really like took off in my fandom in 2019, I was a huge fan in the 99ers, like mm-hmm. you know back when you know Mia Hamm and and that crew won the World Cup. Um, but since the 2019 World Cup, I have just like just like dropped every other sporting event <laughs> fandom to be so so yeah. passionate about soccer. So so I think a lot of the a lot of the old school fans are really bummed that that the the older players, Becky Sauerbund's 37, mm. you know, I think um Rapino who just won the presidential medal of freedom yeah. which was rad, like she's also like 36 or 36. So they're like they're getting up there. We mm-hmm. lost Carly Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um she was a, a phenom at age 39 when she retired. So there's the old guard is is becoming more of a role of leadership and they're not going to be starters mm-hmm. for the most part. Like this game they needed those veteran players to play in the biggest tournament that mm-hmm. all these young players had ever been in mm-hmm. just to have the leadership on the field. But I do think as as the year progresses, um, I think Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan and that crew will see less and less playing time and will mm-hmm. be more, you know, kind of phased out for this new new batch of this new generation yeah. of, of world-class soccer players. It is interesting to, to see that two generations um, side by side because for good or bad, the men's national team with the lack of success that they had, um, had to go ahead and completely invest in the younger players. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they have qualified for the world cup and will be going with the youngest team right? Um, because it was like, well, we got to give these uh, guys a chance, uh, and they have uh, done at least enough to uh, belong uh, on the big world stage. Um, and it's very exciting. And again, I do think it is drawing uh, viewers and, and younger fans and everything. But it is true they will get there and not have the like, okay, um, tell us what it was like when you were here uh, yes. eight years ago, twelve years ago, whatever. It'll all be like, well, uh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, Let's go play they don't have any idea? Yeah. yeah. Um, one uh, stat I just want to put out because uh, I do want to talk about the, the the Euros, which are happening right now, which is all the European um, companies competing, um, which is cool that that was happening at the same time. But uh, I believe that the. Uh, U.S. has not given up a goal in CONCACAF competition in 33 matches. Oh, my gosh. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Uh, I did saw I, I did see this, that after the CONCACAF victory, that uh, Alex Morgan got 20 uh, servings of margarita into the <laughs> CONCACAF trophy. That's amazing. And I was just like, that's exactly it. Just like the Stanley Cup in the <laughs> NHL, where it's just like, what's the cup doing today? We need to have these same traditions. I agree <laughs> yeah. completely. Just, oh, she's the best. Yeah. So fantastic. <laughs> okay, we are back here on Run That Back. We're talking about U.S. Women's National Team, U.S. Uh, excuse me, we're talking about women's soccer in general, but as we love to do um, during each program, Fran Murphy is bringing us the local sports calendar. Take it away, Fran. After taking a 2-0 lead roughly halfway through the match, 
Charlotte FC ended up losing 3-2 against Inter-Miami this previous Saturday. The club plays against Chelsea FC tonight. The Asheville Taurus extended their winning streak to four games yesterday by defeating the Winston-Salem Dash 6-2. The Taurus are now 36-49. Gigi Jackson has elected to decommit from UNC basketball. Jackson is regarded by many as the top high school prospect in the nation. Where he will play next season is still unclear. Six Atlanta Braves were selected to play in the MLB All-Star Game. Five Braves ended up actually getting in the game, including Ronald Acuna Jr., who began the batting for the NL with a leadoff double. And lastly, the Charlotte Hornets Summer League season ended last Saturday with an 89-86 loss to the Timberwolves. Charlotte's second-round pick Bryce McGowans cemented his spot on the roster by leading the team in scoring throughout the summer with an average of 14.6 points a game. Awesome. Thank you, Fran. That's great. We're talking with Liddell Shannon here. Uh, So as Tom teased before the break, uh, the Euros are happening right now where, yeah, the best clubs uh, from European nations, not club teams, uh, but the national teams uh, in Europe. So just to start it off. Are you rooting for anybody? Do you have a team that you root for? You're you're our U.S. Women's National Team go to. So, yeah. so my my I was torn today because my two favorite teams in the world faced off. So besides the United States, I mean they're obviously my faves, but um, the the lionesses, England's mm-hmm. women's national team, have been on fire lately. And they're hosting this tournament, and the Spanish national team, I have I've really taken a, a big interest in European club soccer for women. And this year, Barcelona's team went mm. all the way up to the finals of the UEFA Women's Champions League you know, title, and they lost to Lyon in the final. But Barcelona played ridiculous soccer all mm-hmm. season and had for a couple of years and sold out stadiums. 91,000 fans oh my gosh, watched crazy. Barcelona play Wolfsburg in the quarterfinals of the UEFA Women's Champions League. Wow. 91,000 people for, for a women's club soccer mm-hmm. match. So the Spanish national team is made up of, you know, club players from around the world, but they have... They're, of their starting 11, I think eight-ish are mm-hmm. play for Barcelona. And so the type of soccer that they play, which is just like pass, 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 yeah. pass, pass, and they're in triangles, <laughs> and they just like – it's like they dominate possession. They have like hundreds more passes for their team than their opponents every game. And so this game today between England and Spain was like – I was like, this is my final. Like, uh-huh. These are the two teams that I want to go all the way to the final. But here we are in the quarterfinals, elimination round, and um, 30,000 fans. Um, they sold out that stadium, and and England – played their soccer and Spain played their soccer and it was a really really close match. Mm-hmm. It was nil-nil at the half and in the second half um England, you know, was just kind of made some mistakes and and so Spain got on on the boards. They had a, a beautiful goal in like the 70th minute, 60th mm-hmm. or 70th minute. And so Spain is up 1 to 0 and I was like, "Oh no, like England, you know, is the host of this tournament. Their stadium is filled with their fans. They're just like all of a sudden very quiet and like yeah. making some mistakes and kind of playing frantically um but then they Starting were able to give to... each other like just like sort of annoyed looks at each other yes, like, I know yeah, yeah. why was that past perfect like, come yeah. on yeah um and 
And, you know, some of my favorite players um, on their team made some of the big mistakes that cost them that goal. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, no, Rachel Daly, you play for the Houston Dash. Like, you got megged, and then they (laughs) crossed and scored. Like, oh, no. Um, But then England, don't count them out. So in the – it was after the 80th minute. 84th minute. Yeah, yeah. so 84th minute, they they answer, and they score a goal to tie it up. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's going to go to penalty kicks because in the – you know, stage of the tournament, yeah. it's elimination. So you play 90 minutes. And then if you're still tied at the end of that, which they were, you play two 15 minute extra time halves. So you played, you know, 120 minutes. And then if you're still tied at the end of 120, then you go to penalty kicks. And so I was like, I was like, I don't think either team is going to score. <laughs> yeah. And then Ella Toon in, you know, like, I don't know how many minutes into the extra time, but just scored a rocket from way outside of the box. She was like, all right, I'm getting around this player. They're not stepping to me. I'm just going to go for it. Upper 90, like ridiculous goal. And so they finished out. England won two to one. It was such a fun game to watch. And you're like, here we are on a Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like, you know, in my house, just like cheering. And yeah. Well, and this is it. Since we, we don't have the men's world cup, we should be watching this (laughs) instead. You know what I mean? And I, I got to see that, uh, that game winning goal. And that was incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia Stanway, Ella Toon, those two goals were phenomenal. But that is uh, tricky. And that again, what I, I, to worry a little bit for the uh, UN's, uh, the women's U.S. national team is there are degrees to the, the level of play. And uh, you know, again, it sounds like you know uh, Haiti surprised them. You know, again, some of these their their regional teams are getting better, but you know, again, they haven't given up a goal in in thirty three matches. Um, so same thing. England has scored fourteen goals in these sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, first round, um, and we're just so used to being up five, six, seven, nothing in games, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they don't control possession in that first half. It is Spain who's just doing all these little dart passes back mm-hmm. and forth, and you could just see them like just not know really what to do. Like this is not how we're used to playing. Yes, and it took them about eighty minutes to figure out. Okay, we can do what we do uh, against this team. We just have to be more precise and uh, at no know what our brand is you know? yeah yeah and their their coach was the national team coach for the netherlands in the last euros tournament mm-hmm. that happened in 2017 and she won it with the netherlands and mm-hmm. so it's like serena Wiegmans, their their coach who's been their coach for a couple of years now has done exceptionally well with with both national teams that she has coached both the netherlands and now with england um, so there'll there'll be a team to to watch yeah. as as we get closer to the World Cup in and Australia, who, New Zealand, and, and that's who you're rooting for for the rest of the Euros. <laughs> then is I England? Mean, yeah. I, yes, they're they're my team. I I have a, a you know on principle I don't like Sweden mm. because they they just defeated Did they do us something so, to you? so oh, awfully okay. in uh, the Olympics. I wasn't last sure year. if it was personal. Like they, they lost my luggage <laughs> for they, my Eurail pass. They play great soccer, but um, because they just absolutely stunned us last summer, I just I don't want them to win. <laughs> yes, got it. Um, and so they have a match I think tomorrow against Belgium, and the Germany's playing really well. Um, and the Netherlands also. So there's some just some amazing teams. There will be a lot more great soccer to watch. But yeah, That's today's great. game was was my, my like two favorite teams facing off, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, that's what's great about the Euros and World Cup, both men's and women's, where you're just like, I, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I just just don't know how to do this. When Spain went up early, I was like, oh, come on, England, yeah. answer back. Like, <laughs> oh, 
well, great. And then we can continue to talk women's soccer, but on the, the local level. So yeah. the Asheville City Soccer Club, both the men's and women's teams uh, had good seasons, were able to uh, advance to playoffs. They I believe. did. Yes. The, uh, the men's team is, is going to be in the playoff tournament. The women's team had three ones, six ties, and three losses, and they did awesome. I don't think they get to play any postseason games, yeah. but um, watched about four games this season at home at at uh, Memorial Field and so fun. That's actually where I ran into yeah, Scott. That's yeah, that's where we saw each other at the mm-hmm. at the end, the double header, mm-hmm. uh, the both the women's and the men's team. So, but you dropped this on me that one of your former students yes. is on the on the team. Yes, super super proud. She just graduated from eighth grade in May or in early June, and um and she played. She closed out that game. For Asheville City, can I can I say a name on on air? Sure, is that yeah. right? Caroline Dew, shout out to you. Nice. Um, she is a, a graduate of my school where I teach and is a phenomenal student and also a phenomenal athlete. So it was great to see her play on defense in that game and uh, and she did great. And they they played exceptionally well in that last game. I mean, they, they won did. six to one, yeah, five, I think to, five one. to one. Yeah, it was just like. Yeah, when we got there, it was like one nothing the other team, and then they just poured it on, and it was just great. And so, you know, there was like um, the team came together, and at the end, since it was the end of the season, and sort of like with the whole fanatics there, but then like the men's team came on to start wearing up, and you're like, oh my gosh, they are physically just bigger like this is like a former <laughs> eighth humans. grader right? like just was in eighth grade yes. with you playing and then there's like these guys who are like yes yeah, six three yeah. and you're like oh, oh my gosh just the the size difference is just incredible it really is <laughs> yeah is. but um yeah kudos to them i mean it was a, it was a really fun game to go to uh, and i did want to check it you did mention the uh, the nwsl the national women's mm-hmm. soccer league and uh we do have a team here in Carolina, and just uh, tell me how much of that you've been able to follow, and I've been, uh, what would your point is to? It's, it's been my sort of third tier of mm-hmm. fandom with the CONCACAF championship going on and with the Euros going on, but I, I have been able to, to kind of keep tabs on our team. So the North Carolina Courage is currently ranked 12th out of all 12 teams. Nice. Um, we <laughs> have played two fewer games than the rest of the league because of COVID protocols. So there's been two games that have been scheduled that are rescheduled now for September that have not been able to be played. Mm. Um, we won the preseason tournament. We won the challenge. You're Cup. already using so, we. So Let's like the North Carolina up. Courage is a fun team to watch. Um, they they traded a bunch of their top players um, at the beginning of the season and invested in some younger players. Um, and, and the younger players are doing great. So they've got... Um, Diana Ordonez, who plays for Mexico's national team. They've got uh, Caroline, who plays for Brazil's national team. So some, you know, they're kind of like changing of the guard, so to speak. Um, But they're really fun to watch. Don't count them out. Mm. Even though they're ranked 12th of the 12 teams in the league, (laughs) any team can beat any team in this National Women's Soccer League. So um, they, and because they have a few, a couple fewer games under their belts, if they go on a you know a winning streak, they could make the playoffs. So the top six teams will advance to the you know championship mm-hmm. and tournament at the end of the season in um, in late October. So so we'll see if the North Carolina Courage can can get back in there. But um, have been cheering for them. 
The Courage. Yes. It's a good name. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Liddell, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. You were great. Thanks to Robin for uh, making sure this happens, too. Since we're talking local, we mentioned the Asheville City Soccer Club. Uh, I got to go to a tourist game um, uh, this past week. I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, like behind center field, behind the plate there, going up towards Memorial Field, there's a whole bunch of, like, kudzu and ivy. They've now installed goats there. So there are goats that are there getting the kudzu and ivy out of out of there during so, the game during the game they're just up there yeah awesome. and so uh, so we're because we saw it we heard something about it when we went to the soccer team and we're like uh, the soccer game we're like that's kind of weird and then we were there and we're like oh no look they're all up there there are about four or five different goats all, all up there and yeah there was like a rain delay there was lightning and the goats sort of like scurried out to take cover <laughs> i was like this is fantastic I, it felt like minor league baseball and very endearing uh that is great. I think they should be on the field as well. Yeah. I think they should just uh, – and then uh, someone should race a goat around the the bases. Well, uh, uh, we ran into uh, Lisa, um, who was the ballpark chasers. You know, mm-hmm. we've had her on in the past, her and her son Lennon. Uh, and they were hosting a friend of theirs who's a ballpark chaser who's been over at over 400 wow. different uh, baseball facilities. And, and I was like, oh, was he impressed by the goats? And she was like – the yard goats in Hartford have their own goats. Um, and so like, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, quick, uh, another local angle. Yes. We had Philip Chester on last week. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, you know, he was talking about the woes of the Carolina Panthers and the Hornets. But then the the Panthers put out this all-black jersey and black helmet. And he said... The news of the Panthers finally using black helmets has reinvigorated my passion for the sport more so than any signing or training a trade could. So there, that's that's the follow up from Philip. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, kind of a cool news that came out was that uh, for uh, NFL attendance last year, mm-hmm. the, the highest numbers, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Um, so obviously moving a team to Las Vegas seemed to have turned out to be uh, a pretty good idea. I have not been, but the stadium looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, any uh, aerial coverage or otherwise, uh, you know, with the Death Star, yeah. as, as they call it. It looks think. really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just makes a whole lot of sense. So like, hey, we're again. So what used to be San Diego, if people were like, well, we want to take a road trip to see our team. Mm-hmm. So everyone would always go to San Diego. I mm-hmm. told that story. I was there one weekend and there were just Eagles fans everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? And a San Diego <laughs> yeah. server was like, well, yeah, we're the, we're the destination of choice mm-hmm. for an away game because everyone it's, wants to come to San same Diego. Same with the Chargers now in Los Angeles right. still. Um, yeah. But now it's it's las vegas like mm-hmm. well great we get to go to las vegas and we get to see our team play the raiders that's that, right uh, we're there um but that, that was just cool to see that that they were they were the highest draw last year um while i've got some cool stats um lebron james mm-hmm. you've heard of him i have he has more playoff wins than the raptors grizzlies hornets pelicans timberwolves combined wow I mean, so he has more than each of those franchises, but then combined, he still has more wins. 
that's that is impressive. That is, uh, and it was sort of he came back and played the Drew League, which yeah. is sort of yeah, that, <laughs> yes. that that was. Uh, I mean, good for him. Again, yeah, you know, I have a lot of uh, sometimes you know not my favorite player. He is my Sweden, you know, <laughs> just like he has hurt my teams, <laughs> yes. so he is my Sweden. Um, but for him to kind of come and do that uh, and just be awesome, forty two uh, points, and then and, a, a late yeah. rally to win the game and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, good for you for having you know fun with your career knowing um that still when you were on a basketball court uh, you do things that few others have ever been able to do and it is like a reminder like the drew league like they get good players yeah. you know um and demar derozan played in that game as well uh, but it's like really good basketball but then you just like there's that reminder that like LeBron can put up 42, and he wasn't even really trying that much, and he's still like 34 years old. That you're like, oh my gosh, they're they're just so much better. Uh, and then quickly, the only thing from the that weekend was the Open, uh-huh. um, which is uh, you referred to the, the the British Open, yeah, um, which was again c- compelling TV. Just the although, if I heard them tell me that that beach is where they shot the scene from Chariots of Fire one more time, <laughs> one more time, that's my new Sweden, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was uh, great, and then yeah, so uh, Cameron Smith, this very funny looking you know, guy, mm-hmm. incredible golfer, but with this like mullet mm-hmm. and Larry Bird mustache and everything like that. But uh, he was just remarkable on on the final day. And again, I don't love the narratives. People are like, oh, and Rory McIlroy failed. It's like he shot two under. You know, yeah. like he went out and he, that's what he thought he needed to do. Was like, oh, I'm up by four shots. Uh, 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 you know, uh, except for the one other guy I'm playing against, he fell off. You know, so again, he played well. It's just the other guy played exceptional. I just don't love when people turn into like how sad that he just came up short. It's like, yeah, he probably yeah. wished he had been one, <laughs> yeah. one or two shots better, but uh, he played well. The other guy was just fantastic. So I have a good stat at this. So Rory McIlroy beat or tied 97.5% of golfers he faced across all four majors this year and didn't win any of them. Yeah. I mean, he's just playing really, really well. I always really like Rory, um, uh, but uh, yeah, just just not quite enough. Right. Uh, trick, but that is the difference of that sport, which is, of course, they all go out to, to play to win, but uh, he's a very wealthy man coming in second, fifth, eighth, twelfth, yes. <laughs> over and over and over again. You know, same thing. Jordan Spieth hasn't won a ton uh, of late. Um, but yeah, coming in sixth, eighth, you can still be a, a nice millionaire golfer um, playing consistently really rather well. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.